My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. I hope everybody is doing well. Uh, now for my latest interview at uh, WASD, this time I spoke with none other than director slash developer Paul Rashid. Now Paul Rashid is the director slash developer of the interactive movies, choose your own adventure type, FMV games, whatever you want to call them, uh, the complex, five dates, ten dates and the gallery. And we had a lovely, lovely chat in London. Uh, he he spoke to me all about uh, how he got started. First of all, making traditional films, then he moved to these interactive films. And uh, we spoke in detail about his process of working, how he includes the choices that we have to make, uh, the thought process behind them, uh, the differences between making interactive movies and traditional films. And he also spoke about how he made five dates during COVID, during lockdown, entirely through Zoom, how he got the actors to get all the equipment and how he directed them. It was a really, really interesting uh, conversation, really, really fascinating story that he had. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, now once again, this was done live. This was in a cafe. Uh, so we tried to uh, find a quiet corner. Now, I think my phone goes off again a couple of times. There is uh, some background noise and I've done the very best I could to try and make this sound as good as possible. But once again, apologies for all these background noises that will naturally occur in a live setting. Um, but uh, without further ado, first of all, here is a trailer for his, uh, well, not his latest, but we speak mostly about this, um, his, uh, his interactive film, The Gallery. Um, and he speaks about this as well. So, uh, so yeah, so please enjoy. Portraiture has always been my thing. What can I show you next? Oh, no flash photography. Uh, no flash photography, sir. We only showcase portraits by undiscovered artists. Excuse me. Oh, hi. Excuse me? Oh, hi. Beautiful paintings. Could, Could I, I paint, paint you? you? Please? I really I need this. You know how you artists can get. If I let you start, we will be here all night. I wouldn't if I were you. Feel under your seat. That is a pressure-activated detonator. A bomb, Morgan. Stand up, and this room ends up looking like a Jackson Pollock. I'm living under a glass ceiling. You're living inside a glass house. Why me? What do you want? I need to grab people's attention by whatever means necessary. You are cheating artists. You have a responsibility to us. What are you doing, my sister? Get up! Morgan! Morgan? What's the best way out of here? Let me finish my portrait, or I will kill you. We've been left with no option but violence. 
Where's the art in what you're doing tonight? The whole um, masterpiece. So, shall we? So I am delighted to be joined here by Paul Rashid, the director of, well, Complex, Five Dates, Ten Dates, and The Gallery. Hi, so, it's a pleasure to meet you. Oh, the pleasure is having you. Pleasure mine. Thank you for agreeing to, to meet. We are at, uh, speaking in London. Good morning. And um, hopefully we're going to see a screening of The Gallery later on, which you very kindly invited me to. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of your, your games, as I told you, and as you've heard on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, so thank you for, just so, first we wanted to, quickly introduce yourself or I'm sure people might know about those games uh, but so who is Paul Rashid so you are you started in filming um, did I did start in filmmaking yes so I've, I've pretty much been here a writer director for the last nine years uh, it'll be yeah, my decade in the industry next wow. year <laughs> which, 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 which is crazy it's kind of gone in, a, in the blink of an eye but um, yeah I started in, in linear traditional filmmaking and um, I got the opportunity in 2019, thanks to John Guillermo and Jade Alexander, who were the producers of, of the complex. They, um, they saw my work with, in my last um, you know, traditional film called White Chamber, which had played a few film festivals and, and, and was on Netflix at the time. So um, they saw that and liked, liked what they saw and thought I'd be a good fit to the complex. So they, they approached me and, and I, um, I said, you know, I've always been a casual gamer and, and you know, had an interest in non-linear storytelling. So... I kind of dove right in and, and you know, five projects later, here I am um, making lots and lots of uh, interactive films or live action video games or FMV games or whatever, however you want to fall. <laughs> yeah, I think FMV, interactive games, I mean, because I, I always still consider them games. I know people, you know, there might be something a bit sniffy about choose your own adventure or FMV or a card really games. Yes, I would consider them. You know, it's interactive. <laughs> so, Absolutely, there are objectives. You know, there yeah. are there are and there are objectives that you can create for yourself or that are distinctly laid out. You know, something like ten dates, as you you kind of identified in your podcast. It, it you can you can mold how what your objective is. You know, mm -hmm. there are ge objectives given to you. There are obviously achievements, um, but you can also you can play it completely, being like, I want to play this and tank it for <laughs> tank every single day and annoy everybody and watch the world burn. In the same way, the gallery, like the gallery, you know, it's a hostage situation. You're presented the protagonist, and you can play it in a very traditional way that you would follow a, you know, a conventional filmic game storyline by, you know, trying to survive the whole night and let and make the decisions that have you survived or end up killing the hostage taker or all the other characters around you. You want them to survive and help you escape, or you could play it the same way and get a bunch <laughs> of people killed and ultimately get yourself killed or try and get you and the hostage taker killed, and so. In that sense, they're absolutely games. You know, they have yeah. they have they are the structure of games in that sense that there are objectives you need to to do through you know logic and you know decision making and a combination a combination of things and building relationships and um, building a high score in certain things. So yeah, I absolutely think they're a game. But you know, they 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 also give the option to lean back for periods of time as you would in a filmic experience. Um, and just watch it unfold yeah. as the, in, in a filmic way. So I always think they are absolutely, they are, they are on the spectrum of film and game. I like to think that they, they sit in the middle. And I think, you know, there are other people in this space like Sam Barlow who are making things that, you know, making projects that are a little bit further in the gaming direction. Or some people who are making things a little bit more in the film direction. I think they're all, we're all, they're all on the same spectrum. And, you know, they, they have features of both and I think can be categorized as both. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, one thing I wanted to ask you is about the, you know, the choice-based games that because one criticism leveled at um, these kind of games, especially with Telltale games, which I'm a fan of generally, is that people said that the choices don't ultimately matter because the story still goes in one direction and the ending is still usually the same. Now, in your games, uh, they, that's not really the case because I remember in the Complex, played it through it a few times, I think one of the endings I got, I can't remember exactly, one of the characters just started shooting everyone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just clicked that choice. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. a lot of times games will say, or characters say, no, I'm not going to do this. Yes. But in your games, they do go full on. As you mentioned, you can just destroy everything. You can, which is a lot of fun. So what is your approach when you're writing these games, making these games, uh, you know, how, making the choices? Mm. You know, how do you go about making sure that they matter for the character or for the story? Mm. Um, it's a really good question, and it, it, it's kind of something when I, you know, when I went to, you know, deal with the script of, of the complex and write, would start sort of working on that and molding it into a way that what I thought was like a really strong interactive, um, uh, interactive narrative with choices that matter. I, I, I basically distilled down when I got the script. I distilled down, you know, different types of decisions, I, and I came up with five archetypal decisions that I think all contribute to creating a compelling gaming experience where the choices will all matter and that was by watching things like you know, playing things like until dawn which is probably the biggest influence sure, yeah, i would yeah. say um heavy rain you know you, there are a lot you know, those kinds of those kinds of games and i distilled down to five sort of archetypal decisions that you can have um one are, are plot defining uh which are ones which are those really obviously sometimes very binary like you walk out of this cafe and you have the options turn left or right you know ultimately there as a viewer you're going to make a choice mm. and you, you are literally geographically going to go to two different places where a, sto a story can unfold in three different ways so those are very ob obviously plot altering ones that you know they are very much choices matter then there's the character defining ones which i think is the telltale the ones the telltale yeah. style but they're also you know they're, they're important they're, 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 they're completely important to um, yeah, but I think those are the types of decisions where if you, you if you rely too heavily on them, and you know if you make a decision that is changes a piece of dialogue or an interaction, but it doesn't change give give you a, you know a new geographical location as a more obvious kind of you know diverging path as a monitoring mm. decision. I think that's where they, but, yeah. uh, they're very important in shaping the character that you're building. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, there are, there are, then there are sort of like ethical ones, ethical and emotional ones, which sort of will help define, you know, that you, that will challenge you morally and ethically and help define the tone of the, the, the thing and the tone of the character that we're creating. Um, then there are, the, there are more trivial ones, which are, are ones which I think should be used the most sparingly. Um, because, you know, ultimately they can be really not like choosing music, you know, choosing the music that you can have, sure. you know, a, a piece of costume or something like that, which are really fun and interesting and give you a chance to customize your score in a very sort of superficial editorial right. way. You know, like obviously, you know, choice of music in a scene is very important because it can, you know, really change the experience that you have. But ultimately, unless you intertwine it with being a plot altering decision that you play, a, a, you play a certain type of music on a jukebox and then so, and then someone doesn't like the song you're playing and starts to play with it. You know, there is obviously overlap between these sure. archetypes. Um, but you know, and then the final one is sort of like a a, 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 a challenging one, a, a, a brain challenging one, which is sort of you know a puzzle, 
uh, right. you know, kind of, yeah, you remember remember the combination of this lock or something like that. And obviously there's, there's overlap between those five sort of archetypes, but roughly I sort of distilled down, okay, every single story I take, I want to have a mix of those five. Obviously you want to have as much of the plot-defining ones as you can, because I think those are the ones that people find the most interesting. And those are the ones that you want in a in a, in a story where your choices really do matter because they're the ones where you they most matter the most obvious. Sure, um, like characters dying, you know, which <laughs> like geographical locations, play choices which bring new characters in or don't have new characters. Like you know, in ten dates as the example, mm. you know, choosing who you want to go on the second date with it very is a very obvious example of that. Um, but it's a healthy mix of all of the five of them, so you have all kinds of decisions going on. Um, I think that's what really that was that was. The principle I always start off, do we have examples of all five of these and do we have enough? And are we using too many of some? Are we relying on too many of some that you shouldn't do? Mm. Those kinds of things. So that's a huge amount of talk goes into Yes, it. yeah, yeah. yeah but like, do you like this person or that person? Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah. What I liked in, well, the most recent game of yours, I played 10 dates, that at the end of, you know, all the first dates, mm -hmm. uh, two characters are meeting. And it's not just, you know, will you choose to go second date with this person? It's depending on how the whole date went. Mm. And, uh, you know, then they say, depending on the choices you made, mm. they say, oh, you know, I don't think it really worked that well. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and, and yeah, it, even because uh, the editor who did the podcast with me when I reviewed the game, he asked me, oh, can you choose? And I said, well, it's not just about what we choose. Yes. Sometimes, exactly. you know, because I wanted to get with the nice guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he turned around and said, no, I don't think that really worked. I was like, yeah. oh, that's the point. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> that's life. Exactly. And you identify that. That's sometimes, you know, that's the other thing about choices, I think. It's not and just what you want. Exactly, yeah. Choices and causality and, and, and cause and effect. I think there's, 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 we make decisions in life. Sometimes we make decisions where we know what the result is going to be. Uh, we sometimes will make things where we don't have a clue about what the what the effect <laughs> is going to be. So exactly, like, and I think that that is is life. Yeah. So I think so you know, if we, I think it would be a boring game if the choices were so obvious. What was right and what was wrong? Exactly. What what would result from that choice or what was the result from that choice? So I think having a healthy mix of decision paths that come as a result of not what you would expect. Um, is is always a good thing to do, um, and it, it gets people sort of think. Sometimes it's out of your control, or sometimes mm. it's you think you're saying the right thing to someone, but you you know you haven't for for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's important also to you know have a healthy mix of those kinds of decisions in there, so it doesn't become too predictable and obvious. Definitely. And then in ten days, what I ask you about as well, because the main menu screen found interesting with me is it achievements that are just to you know, objective, then, you know, interrupt this person twice. Yes. Um, and one of the reviews I heard, and I don't think if the, the reviewer got it correct, mm. they said that, uh, oh, this is like a walkthrough. Mm. It's is not, that the case? It, it, yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's when I was, good. It's yeah. sort of like a, it, an in-game achievement. It's, it's, yeah. But it's kind of like this could ruin the date, yeah. but just an achievement in the game objective. It, it, exactly, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like a, you know, not quite a side quest. It, yeah, okay, it, so it's, not, it's not a walkthrough. Yeah, no, it's not a yeah. walkthrough at all, for sure. And, I, and I've seen people on Twitch streams try and do it and then be like, what? It, but it, well, I, I thought I was supposed <laughs> to interrupt them there. That's and I was just like, no, that's just, you know, little. And I think it's the same as, you know, as you would, you know, I'm, I'm still playing Horizon Forbidden West. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like one of the things like, you know, override 100 machines. Like, you could complete the game without overriding 100. Sure, machines, yeah, yeah. It's not a walkthrough to, that you need to override 100 machines to do it. It's just, you know, something. It's an achievement. So. Um, and that's what I would say about those sort of in-game sure. achievements. They're not all good. They're, they're just optional. things. Yeah, they're, they're optional, exactly. Yeah. 
Oh, that's, uh, no, that's good to you clarify that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and then with, uh, you know, filming these interactive movies, games, um, and you come from a uh, filming, you know, well, mm. normal film. Yes. Non-interactional, thank you. I imagine when filming and preparing these games now, that there, it must be a, a huge amount of work to get mm. different scenes, depending on the choices. Uh, is that more work than making traditional films or just different? Or... How is how would you how do you find it? Because I just think, oh my god, depending on the choices, a whole new scene mm. just based on this choice. I think I think it's yeah. Volume wise, it is more work, um, but I think the the beauty of it is you can be, you have the scope to ex to to expand on characters, and you know when you're writing a traditional linear narrative, you have to be so decisive in honing in on okay. I need to make a sole decision on who this character is. Sure. You could explore, you know, what if this character did this, made this decision or spoke to this person in this way or didn't act in, at, at this point or did act at this point. But, you know, and you have to film one thing. And you have to, I mean, obviously you can shoot multiple different things, but for the final film, you'll have to shoot. You have to hone in on one thing. So I think, whereas in interactive films, there is, there's a, a freedom in that you can keep all of those things in potentially you can keep in all those possibilities of you know okay what happens if the scene takes place here or it takes place there so you can be like well we can have both yeah so or if freedom i imagine exactly or if this character says this or this character says that or they behave in this way or they behave in that way or they you know they are a warmer character or a colder character you can keep all of those possibilities in there which i think you don't need to be as decisive in some ways maybe that you have to mm. be in so in that way, it's it's a bit more liberating and a bit more freeing as a as as a writer. Um, it it is just the quantity, um, really. That is the big that is the big issue. So the gallery, it's you know there's a there's a pool of five hours and eighteen minutes worth of of content um, that you'll only and you'll only see um, seventy minutes of that in one yeah. through. So um, you know that is that's a lot more than you would do in a, in, a, in a traditional film. So you know the knock on effect things like that in shooting is obviously as well you know you have to shoot a lot more get yeah. more content so um but aside from that you know once you, you you're kind of used to the language and you think in those terms which i i do now having made five yeah projects um it's you, you get used to it really you just, just, uh, <laughs> and is it more expensive because he said it's five hours yes uh, or, well, or i don't i mean it's it, 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 it technically it, you would hope it is but you know my thing is i've always worked in low budgets you know with very low budgets so are always, you know, very sometimes very much under a million. Uh, yeah, sometimes under half a million. Mostly under half a million. But um, yeah, when we so, but you know, you just have to you have to make do with what you give us. Sure. I think that was one of. I think be creative. I am exactly. Yeah, and some and think you know sometimes through limitations and restrictions, some of the most creative decisions absolutely can't come well. about. And I think you know, I think that's what appeal. I was quite specialised anyway in shooting, very quickly. Um, in a very short space of time, but make sure look higher budget than they were. Yeah, is what I do with White Chamber. So I think with that was that was shot. My last linear film was shot in twelve and a half days, and that was a nine eighty eighty five minute film. Wow. So, <laughs> so, so I think that's what that is one of the appeals um, of hiring me on the complex. Yeah, that you're able. That I know how to do stuff and and and, and get it looking a certain well. As certain I, as I mentioned to you before with Aragorn, the complex in particular. Mm. It looks like it has a proper budget. Like yeah, it, it looks like millions were, were yes. spent on it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how much it cost at the end, <laughs> but it... It wasn't that. <laughs> no, well, I'm thinking, oh my God, because just all around, like the production values, the sound and everything. Mm -hmm. um, 
And again, I told you that FMVs don't always have a good mm. reputation, certainly yes, before yeah. the complex and that, but they kind of look cheap and cheesy. Yes. But they don't play the complex so that this is like an attractive movie. Mm. So it's, I guess, you, you worked under, you know, it was, it was indie, was it? Yeah, sorry, it was very indie, don't worry. Yeah, it's, uh, no, but it, it looks and it sounds That's fantastic. So and your other so games much. as well. Well, actually, what I wanted to ask you is Five Dates was interested. Mm. I believe this was made, well, during COVID, during lockdown, was it? Yes, yes. One of the lockdowns? It was made during the first lockdown, actually, and so is summer 2020. So it was literally the most the most hardcore lockdown. Before. So we couldn't meet up in person? No, I we didn't have any, I mean, testing, I think, had just been rolled out, if, if that. So there was how, no vaccine or anything like that. So how did you go about exiting <laughs> um, <laughs> it then? How did you, was it actually through Zoom? Yeah. to films that it was literally we we we, sh we sent all the filming equipment to all of the um the actors and the, and uh, yeah the actors they weren't allowed to see their films i there's some most of the actors i haven't even met in person ever um oh, so we sent them iphone 11s we sent them likes we sent them lights we sent them any key bits of um costume design or or production design for their characters and um yeah so we so what we did is i, I was on zoom with them and then we had our DP on, 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 on Zoom as well, and he, he, he got them to link up their camera. And they put their cameras, put their phone, phone cameras for the iPhone 11 just above the camera of their laptops so they could act with each other. Right. But they were being picked up in, 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 in I think it was 1080p, or it may have been 2K, I can't remember what they were shooting in. But yeah, they would, they, so that, and then they would upload it. So they basically lit themselves under our instruction, mic'd themselves, uh, dress their backgrounds and, and, and set up the cameras and you know did all their DIT by uploading all the wow, things all by themselves. That, but, that's oh, incredible. Yeah, that's... but they were doing it, which is in pan as well as doing that, you know, learning their lines and giving incredible yeah, performances. Yeah. So it was, you know, we had an incredible cast on that one. Yeah, it was it was and that it's, stuff. Yeah. So uh, it was it was an amazing experience to do and and one and a um an interactive film FMB game, live action game that I'm extremely proud of to this day. Yeah, it, I mean, I think it could speak for a lot of people who play it, but it definitely helped me through lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, <laughs> it, it, it was a lot of Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, looking back and to go, oh, Zoom, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what if, if you look back at it, I think, I, think I always want people to sort of look at it and be like, look, it's, it's, it's set at the time. Of course, it, yeah. It, these are people who were in living in lockdown. The characters were yeah. in lockdown. They, they let you know that they were living in lockdown. So, you know, it, 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 it's, it's very much, it got a look, it's located in a, a point in history. Exactly. But I think it is, you know, important because now we can take, oh, well, this is one of the things that yeah. we kind of had to do yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, during the lockdown. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's also good because it wasn't all, it was a very bad time for most of us, but it wasn't all grim. Yes. As this game shows that, yes. you know, like we could have had some fun as well. Like exactly. Zoom dating. And, exactly. I don't want to go back to that here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's great speaking with you in person. Yes, yeah, yeah. But again, it's, um, it was, and again, it's just on a technical level. Again, it was really great that you were able to just do this. You didn't just sit at home, just wait for things to happen. Like, okay, no, this is situation we find ourselves in. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that, that, uh, I was, yeah, thank, thank, thankfully for, like, thank me, John Guillermo of Good Game Media and Wales and tried to work for making an interactive <laughs> rom-com because it had never really been no. done before. I, I mean, you know, they had the, there were dating sims and sure. those kinds of things, but I think it's narrative. different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was an amazing, 
I, I had so much fun making that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it looked like. And I didn't intend it. I liked how this time you can play as either the male or the female mm-hmm, yes. character. Uh, did you have to, because I know, you know, two of us are, you know, male. Yes. Yeah. But did you have to kind of like do more sort of research or speak to women who went to like speak to things <laughs> and see how it is? Yeah. From their point of view and... Well, we had uh, we had uh, another writer on, uh, on 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 it called Zoe Morgan Chiswick. She's okay. a fantastic writer. She she was very much had a really strong hand in in a lot of the the dates on the female side. Um, so yeah, we, it was important to have that perspective mm. as well as we had writing consultants for the LGBTQ plus. Yes, as well. I so, mentioned that as well. It's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we so you know we wanted to pit to be as authentic as possible for the people that you know the people that i don't represent you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah that don't represent where you know my Absolutely. you know my background and where my perspective um so we we definitely yeah we definitely did all the research and and, and got got mm. the you know the added resources to make sure it i think it's authentic voice i think you can tell because it, it didn't it came across as naturally you know the lgbtq mm. thing that again it's the player's choice absolutely and then yeah. with representation there was at least one character with a disability mm-hmm. uh which you know i thought it very good again for representation and the funny thing about the well the five dates game is that when i was with my now partner mm. and uh, i played through it once and i just started to you know, meet her mm. i told her we can play five dates and i said there's nothing really explicit yes yeah, one yeah. of the options that yeah, we yeah. went through of course they were talking about you know different positions yes, yeah, 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 yeah. now now with the 10 days we played together again we were laughing about that now we know each other better yeah but yeah, again yeah. it was uh, a lot of fun yes yeah yeah um, it's good to i mean these things as you as you see with the gallery with our cinema street yeah i'm looking I think forward to just, it they're just so good to play as in, a group. Yeah. Groups, um, you know. Not just on a, at home. Exactly, yeah. Whether room. you're at home with friends or you're, you know, you're on, on, on a Twitch stream with a community and a, and, a, and a content creator or in the cinema, you know, with the yeah, gallery, we're finding that, that, and that was something that, you know, when, when we were making the gallery, it wasn't really on the cards for me. Um, I was just like, okay, we're going to make this and it's going to be exhibited on, on gaming platforms and that's that. But yeah. we did our cast and crew screening and just as an experiment, we were like, let's yeah, do the cinema and give people glow sticks and then they can vote every time there's a decision and if it crashes and burns or crashes and burns, it's this it's free audience. I think it's working yeah. well. I and it's, I well, it's trying to just get snowballing, you know. Yeah. Then we played in multiple film festivals in, in, in France and in the UK and now as part of the London Games Festival, we've got this limited cinema release, which, you know, it's playing for a week. Um, you know, I, I, you know, some really great cinemas like the Genesis Cinema here in East London, mm. the Prince Charles and Leicester Square. So, you know, it, it feels like it's a it's a it's a way of exhibiting this kind of content that's snowballing. Yeah, I think I it's hope, great. You know, now I definitely every time I want to make a project, I want it to, you know, really be possible that this could go to the cinemas and be exhibited in cinemas. Yeah, that not just gamers, quote unquote, mm-hmm. can play it. That more people who are not involved in exactly, the I think it's a crossover. Yeah, it's, it's a crossover hybrid format. You know, the the absolutely the film that is it is as I said, it's a sim- It is a film and a game, and it can be enjoyed as such. You, yeah, you can go and you can go and immerse yourself in it in a completionist kind of way and want to see all the parts and 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 you know unpack unlock all the endings and, and get all the achievements and all that because there's very much, there's absolutely that in there. But then there's also the capacity to you know on one night out to the cinema sit with your friends and yeah. family and, and uh, just enjoy one day enjoy, with it and, yeah. enjoy that and, and that and that's it as you would do a film so absolutely, absolutely well, believe well, I am looking forward to it the final question then the final you know second final question <laughs> with the acting because again we well I mentioned that other FMV came certainly in the 90s mm. they're famous for not having good <laughs> acting shall we say now uh, now I know you said you didn't come you came from a filming background mm. so you're used to you know good acting mm. uh, with the interactive you know movies is it more or less of a challenge or is it the same 
you know, working with the actors, you know, you know, are they aware that it's, you know, also like a game? Like, is there any challenges? I think that, I don't think, I think that the only challenge, yeah, it's quite similar. I think yeah. the only challenge is really them understanding the different branching, the branches. Sure, yeah, and, for their and motivations. That, exactly, maybe. and that may need, you know, sometimes there's a, they have to, we have to keep an eye, but that's me, the script supervisor, they, they're keeping mm. an eye, that making sure they don't go too off track emotionally, um, because, you know, they can't be, you know, if, if, if there are branches that could take them, very sure. extreme emotional places that but then that they center back a little bit they need to basically be in a be in an emotional state that it's viable they could have come from laughing or crying as the same sure, yes. and then return to the same kind of emotional state after a moment of composing themselves or something sure like that, you know so i would say that's the, the the one of the main sort of things that they need to keep track of obviously there is you know there's the more sort of mechanical things of you know body positions and things like that returning to the same body position because you know you, otherwise you, they could be leaning back on one branch and then suddenly yes, for again, continuity. which is again it's, it's something they would kind of have to watch for anyway it's just slightly a little bit more intricate um, than it would be in a linear film because there are you know they could they could lean forward on one branch but not be leaning forward on the other branch and stuff so sure again there are multiple real take looking after those kinds of things so uh, but aside from that I think as I said before I think actors find it quite liberating that you know usually on a linear film they'd have to rehearse and then they'd explore the different emotional places they could take a character and different interpretations of, of certain bits of dialogue or different scenes but um, but then they'd have to chuck them all out and make one sort of certain yeah, decision. Yeah, so Whereas here, they don't need to do that. They can <laughs> they can keep all of that and and explore it in different you know different branches of the story. And they could you know the more the more you know the more altruistic side of a character or the more you know reckless side of a character. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. So I think there's a again for actors as well as myself, it's, it's there's a liberating yeah. freeing element of it as well so yeah no, that's fantastic yeah actors tend to really they pick up the language really quickly and they they really respond to it in a really fantastic yeah. way so but uh, yeah it's and they see it as a challenge which yeah, is absolutely so, yeah we all want to most people most creators want at some stage in their career to you know really push themselves to challenge absolutely well thank yeah. you thank you very much well the music has started yes yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, at that point, uh, i don't know you have to go to do the screening yes yeah, yeah. Uh, so thank you very much uh, where can people find out more about you and about your games uh, well there's anywhere places yeah I have, a, I have a website which has got all my work there and links to where you can get them so that's Paul Rashid my name um, dot com uh, P-A-U-L-R-A-S-C-H-I-D I've got social media which is my name again Ath on Twitter Instagram TikTok which is at Paul Rashid P-A-U-L-R-A-S-C-H-I-D and the gallery is available now on all gaming <laughs> major gaming platforms it's on Steam PlayStation Xbox Nintendo Switch and there's apps on the iOS store on the Google Play Store as well um, and as well as currently as we speak in cinemas, cinemas yeah, 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 in, in London, yeah, in, in a very small amount of cinemas in, in, in London. Yeah, so come, with, come join us, folks. Exactly. Join it. Exactly, yeah. Now, do you have any plans for anything else afterwards? So, you know, you're probably not able to mention this. Yes. So. Yeah, I do have a slate. I have a couple of projects with um, Avery's, Avery Film, which Avery Studios, which is my company with my dad. Um, we made the gallery and self-published it um, and they're releasing it now as well. Um, so my next project will, will be with, with Avery Studios again, and uh, hopefully shooting towards the end of this year. Okay. Um, and it's, we're looking at maybe another thriller or maybe another comedy. So we'll see. Nice. And it's another interactive? Yes, or? absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. 
Well, thank you very much, Paul. It's been a pleasure to finally meet you. <laughs> likewise, and, uh, and yeah, I look forward to the screening later on. Yes, likewise. And uh, we'll keep in touch. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and a very best of luck. Thank you. So that was my interview with Paul Rashid. I hope you enjoyed it. And a huge, huge thank you to, uh, firstly, to Tom Brumpton for putting us in touch and to Paul for agreeing to take the time to talk to me and for also for um, for inviting me to uh, to a cinema in uh, London to for one of the showings of his uh, interactive movie, The Gallery. Um, it was extremely enjoyable. We were given glow sticks and the audience then had to... Uh, had to make the decisions, make the choices, and he would go with the majority. It was a huge amount of fun. He told me he is looking to go to different cities. So, um, but if you are in London, I would encourage you to check it out. Uh, I've included a link to his uh, website, so the showing should be up there if he continues. Hopefully he does, and uh, hopefully he can come to Ireland as well. But in the meantime, I would urge people to check it out and to go if you can and to show him support as well. And as I said, it's very, very enjoyable. Um, so that is it for this episode there's still plenty more to come in the future there will be reviews of the latest adventure games that we have been playing um, but in the meantime this coming Friday will be my interview with uh, PF Studio they're working on uh, Chronique de Silencieux and they are about to have a Kickstarter and uh, I had a great great time chatting with them and then after that next Monday will be my interview with Jörg Titel, a developer of The Last Worker, live at Reboot Develop uh, Blue in Croatia. So uh, plenty more to come. Uh, and uh, until then, take care, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>the adventure games podcast then please subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts please leave a review on itunes if you can as every review helps and reviews will help get the word out especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast now you can also follow me on social media you can follow me on twitter at Advent Game Pod, you can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well, and we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are Adventure Game Developer or Adventure Game Player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who. You believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you